0: welcome to Leaf's uh, second series of podcasts. I'm pleased to have with me today Leaf's chairman Stephen Fell and vice chairman Rob, Rob <laughs> Kiniston and chief executive Caroline Drummond. All three are really closely involved in farming. Stephen runs a family sheep farm up in Yorkshire. Rob is a dairy farmer in Shropshire and Caroline is a runs a a, a dairy farm with her husband, Phil, in in Cornwall. So thank you all today for chatting with us. Um, This week, we're well into Climate Week. Um, It's an important national day for organisations across across the UK to raise awareness of, of the small measures that can be done to combat climate change. And LEAF was involved in an important debate at the beginning of this month looking at trade offs and, and synergies. And I wondered whether, Caroline, you, you could perhaps start with, with your thoughts on the debate and how it went and what were the key outcomes.
1: Well, the great thing about the day and the event was that actually we had a, a good balance of four different groupings uh, farmers academics, government and, and NGO sector and also um, environmentalists and people from the industry and uh, retailers and people involved in both the input and the output industry in agriculture. Um, it was very interesting. We were really trying to push the limits because in terms of when you look at the impact of climate change, when you look at how we are utilising our resources and in fact over-utilising our resources... We've got a tremendous amount of pressure in how we feed more people with less impact. And so what we were trying to get out of the day was to get the balance of trade-offs and synergies. There are some things that we're going to have to give up. We can't have it all. And uh, so that was the real drive uh, behind the day and from where we, where we were coming from.
2: I think that um, what was really useful was being with the researchers and other people from the industry and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the awareness that they got about what LEAF did and what integrated farming is all about and so that was um, uh, I think very very encouraging to see what we thought and how our farming practices are going and, mm. and thinking from the climate change point of view uh, one thing that came up Time and again were soils, and uh, and how we must learn to manage them better, and how we yeah. there was quite a clarion call for more knowledge on soils better soil science, and how we look after the soil, because that's at the basis of everything that we do, really. Yeah. Uh, and if we don't learn to look after our soils properly, they won't they won't give us what we need, which is greater productivity with reduced inputs. And I'm quite convinced we can do that. And there was some good stuff coming out of the day showing that we can do that. Um, and it's very much a tie-up between us and the research establishments to, to show that it can be done and get that across to farmers all over the country.
0: Rob, I know you were there too. Yes. From, from, from a practical farmer's point of view, did you pick up any key messages? And
3: um, Well, on the meeting itself, I, as, a, as a farmer, Justine, I was fascinated actually talking with the other organisations involved to see actually their problems. It was really interesting when we were sat in with different groupings that they came up, they said, oh, we have this problem with funding in research and um, research funding is very narrow, whereas actually it wants to be quite broad um, so that it's multidisciplinary. But in fact, the way it's funded, it has to be very specialized. And they said it doesn't help greater knowledge for people like me, I mean, it helps their uh, standing as a research institute being very specialised, but actually getting that knowledge out to farmers, that isn't helped by being very specialised. And that was a real revelation, because I sometimes think, why aren't they letting us have this knowledge? So actually seeing other people's problems and the barriers they faced was quite enlightening and you started to see well actually I'm not the only one with problems I might feel as a dairy farmer the whole world is on my shoulders and nothing else matters but actually um, other people have problems as well and what people are willing to give up because we discussed what the impacts climate change can have and you were thinking well this will be a problem for me and actually I don't think I can give anything up because that'll affect how I farm and how I make a living. So I can't give anything up, someone else will have to give something up. And then other groupings would say, actually, no, we're we we struggling as well, we can't give everything up. So people could see there had to be trade-offs, but as long as it wasn't their trade-offs. And I think we have to have a lot more discussion to, to see where we can meet, and we will have to give things up. Um, and we're going to have to be quite brutal when it comes down to it, because, as one person said, most of the Western Europe are living on three worlds, and as parts of America, they're living on the resources of the equivalent of five worlds. So we can't go on like this. So there were some very strong messages, and, yeah, I was thinking a bit when I was driving
0: home. Caroline, there was obviously much covered at this debate, how how is leaf going to move
1: the discussions forward? Well, I think uh, as Rob has highlighted, there was we we almost got to the sort of agreement stage that every real everybody realised. Yes, there is a need for trade-offs. Obviously, as long as it's not my trade-off, <laughs> um, the next stage is definitely going to be picking out some of those key messages. And there was another core message that came out as well. Uh, which was how do we really effectively evaluate and value uh, the public goods that farming and agriculture deliver. So that's not just obviously food as a core public good, but also environment and health and well-being and then all the other services that the industry delivers, quality water, quality soil, right through to you know, health and well-being and tourism and uh, so there was there was a real call alongside the need for that and i think we uh, were very pleased we were working with the environmental sustainability knowledge transfer network and syngenta and their partners in the uk food chain alliance and i think the next phases and in terms of how we take this off is actually choosing some trade-offs So when it comes to trade-off, what are you prepared to give up? Is it a certain species of bird or some environmental good? Is it perhaps food quality? Is it perfection in the food that we eat? Is it waste, Uh, less waste? Is it something like political unrest, maternal health? And some of the areas that although we don't necessarily address them Uh, Here in the UK, on a global scale, they are having an impact already because of the effect of climate change. And so those are the things that we we certainly should be considering. Mm
0: -hmm. The debate was held at the beginning of the month. One of the other things LEAF did ahead of of the start of, of Climate Week was pose a question on our Facebook page to our members about what this podcast should, should be talking about. Um, what, one of the responses we got uh, was raising the, the question of why rising CO2 levels are actually good for food security. And I wondered whether any of, <laughs> any of you could touch on that.
3: Well, there is research showing that actually uh, plants, because they take in CO2, when they photosynthesize sunlight to produce sugars actually grow better in higher co2 atmospheres with in certain greenhouses they actually pump in co2 to actually increase the yield of the food so there can be this benefit but it, the trouble is with rising co2 levels because of the insulating effect that co2 has in with heat being lost from the earth You get rising temperatures, so um, you get changes in climate in certain areas, and perhaps more areas that become desert or semi-desert that are now producing food. So whether the increase in food production from the increase in CO2, so you get a bigger percentage of food increase from the higher levels of CO2, is going to offset the amount of land we lose around the world because of climate change change that the CO2 is causing, and I don't think it will. I think there will be some benefit from rising CO2 from food production, but there will be a much greater um, detrimental effect from from losing parts of Africa and um, even up possibly into southern Europe through lack of water and warm temperatures. And in this country... um, we're running out of water at the minute. There's droughts, you know, hose pipe bands in the southeast. It, it's affecting us here now, and everything looks quite green, but perhaps in a few months' time it won't. And so that rise in CO2 level can impact, is suddenly impacted a lot sooner than predictions even said. It may be a temporary blip, but it is a very salutary warning.
2: I think uh, Robert's right in that. Um, Um, The the higher levels of CO2 per se don't pose as great problems in crop production as the effect on climate. Um, And uh, no doubt we can cope with growing crops with slightly higher levels of CO2. And I think as an industry, we're making quite good moves at um, uh, uh, reducing our... our, um, uh, effect of you know the amount of CO two we produce in agriculture, I think those figures are quite impressive. Um, but the big effect, as you said, is on climate and particularly on water, and that's where the challenge is going to be. How can we continue to grow crops with much less water? And that comes a bit back to trade offs. Somebody who said, "Well, I've always expect, you know, always had to, I have to use X number of uh, millimeters of water on my potato crop." Um, um, if we then said, "Well, you can only have half," there's a real incentive then to look at the different, the, you know, different ways of applying yeah. water effectively to that crop. And until those, that sort of incentive is there, people aren't going to. So um, the, the the trade-offs probably can be made. It's just um, the, the adjustment then will come along subsequently because there aren't going to be any alternatives.
0: Count Caroline, I know Leaf does a lot of work in providing farmers with with management tools to help them farm more sus- farm more sustainably, um, particularly in the water area I, I know you 've recently launched the water management tool, and I know you have two um, uh, events coming up uh, later in the month on on water management
1: yes I mean uh, one of the things i mean it was a, again a, a core re- recurring theme from actually from our debates uh, was this element of the importance of integration and part of what we offer through membership is management tools so the leaf audit has been very consistent in helping farmers get a right the right balance between what they do how they could do things more effectively and where there are new ways of making improvements and over the last Um, 12 months, actually, we have been developing not only water tools, but also Mm -hmm. training. And uh, it's been great because for many who irrigate, the direct use of water is something that is very evident. Um, But as one of the farmers who was on on the training said to us, he said, I can cope with probably one year of drought, but two years of drought has a huge impact on my business and we are now in effect in that situation where we, some regions are dealing with two years of drought. So what the management tool helps is actually not only prepare farmers in their best use and the beneficial uses of water, but actually look at ways of trying to reduce their use of water in the first place. And a core theme that has come through that is the importance of soil management. Um, and it's making sure that your manage, uh, your soil has the water well, has the optimum water holding capacity, so that before you even think about applying water, you're actually getting the balance right in the first place.
3: I think Steve, what Stephen said about soils being very key to this mm. and that it's soil good. health, I think he's absolutely right. I think we can't underestimate the impact or The mitigating um, ability of soil, if it's in the right health, to help us as farmers, especially when there's not so much water, because it will hold water if it's in good health, got high organic matter. It'll still it'll help us grow crops if we abuse it and take it for granted. Yeah, we are lost really.
2: It's It's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's almost going back to traditional methods of farming where um, through rotations, um, soil fertility and soil organic matter was kept up as a matter of course. Yes. Uh, and over the years mm. of continuous combinable crops, that organic matter has fallen. And undoubtedly, the water-holding capacity of the soil has fallen. Uh, the um, uh, populations of micro microbes within the soil which help convert uh, Nutrients to available nutrients for the for the plants has also fallen, Uh, and we've all suffered as a result. I think, yes. Uh, And so, a move to build back up organic matter makes huge sense from every point of view.
3: Yes, yeah. But it is it's it's sometimes a mindset we've relied so much on inorganic sources of nutrients because they've been available and been relatively cheap until recently. We haven't had that worry. We've just applied them, and I think they are from a finite um, resource base. Um, Phosphates are running down. Um, Natural gas, which uh, ammonium nitrates produce from, will get more expensive as it gets limited. There are still large supplies available, but there are great demands on it as well. So we will have to think about, I think, looking back, as well as using, I think, leafism, Spot on with saying we use the best of modern technology with the best traditional methods, something like that. I think I paraphrased it. No, that's spot on. (laughs) But that is what it's about, and I think that is the future.
1: I think there was one other key message uh, that is critical during Climate Week. I had a members' event recently, and one of the farmers said, I don't deal in the climate, I deal in weather and what is absolutely key in addressing the impact of climate change and trying to address the issues of utilising or over our resources is getting the balance right and working on practical step by step approaches to make change and this is why the framework of integrated farm management is so critical because it allows the flexibility, the site specific nature of the issues that are facing farmers and of course Addressing the whole that is so core. Cool.
0: There are some very interesting, challenging, and really thought-provoking issues raised in these discussions today. Thank you, Stephen, Rob, it's and right. Caroline. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for listening and. Please, there's loads of ways to get involved with LEAF. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and please go onto our website www.leafuk.org and get involved and support what we're doing.